0: okay Shalom everybody it was blocking I have to be like this Some that an angle yeah, yeah okay before we start let's just do a. there's an amazing insight in Parashat Shlach that's connected to this Torah okay there's many things in Parashat Shlach but the one thing we want to work, look on is the Chala the Mitzvah Chala right the Pesukim let's just look at the Pesukim quickly Parashat Shlach in the end after the whole balagan with the Miraglim and they're not going to come into Eretz Yisrael, so then immediately Hashem says, "Okay, and when you come to Eretz Yisrael, you do this type of korban, this kind, of nesachim for a Bakar, for a sef, for ez. Okay, and then in Shishi, okay, it says there, vaydaber Hashem el Mosheleim more. Okay, daber el Neisel el Mar Tzalim, bevoachem el Aretz asheranim beitam shama. When you come to the Holy Land, vaya baacholchem milchem Aretz tarim utruma l'Hashem." When you eat from the lechem of the land, and Rashi says this is immediately, as opposed to all the other things where it says, Bevoachem. Here it says, B'acholchem. So Bevoachem is after Kibush and Hiluk. That's what Rashi says. But lechem, uh, what he's saying, when you eat from the lechem, the truma, is as soon as you enter it's Israel. Reshit avisotechem, chala tarimu truma. Okay? It says the, the beginning of the doughs. Avisa is when you make a dough. What, right? Chala, you have to take off a chala. T- t- Fine. So now, Rashi says, the word chala is a funny word. What is chala? Then was, Rashi says in French, torti. he says in French. It's like a little, you have to take something. But it doesn't say exactly what it is. And Rashi brings down from Chazal that mida oraita, ain't sheer. You remember that? There's no shear for chala. Chachamim gave a shear. They gave a shear uh, for, for this. Now what? For a balbite, someone who's a homemaker and homemade the, the wife is making khala, she takes off 124th of what? Of mem gimel beitzim, mem gimel and chomesh. Mem gimel, 43 eggs and a fifth. So you have to take 124th of that. And the nachtom, a baker who makes much more, much more, they're even more lenient. It's 148. Okay, fine. So now Rav Nossin goes into this a lot. Rav Nosin goes into the idea of What's chutz Five grains. What are the five grains? If you remember, chita, seara, Shual, shifon, and kusemet. Right. That's wheat, barley, oats, rye, and spelt. Why only these five? Because only these five have what's called fermentation. Chometz. Only you do make you make bread out of rice, it won't ferment. You make bread out of corn, it won't ferment. Only these five. There's fermentation. Fermentation is that you do shehiyah, you wait. You let the water and the and the flour sit and at least 18 minutes, right? We know that. Chai And then it starts to expand. Air starts to go in and it's fermentation. Okay? Only these five. So Nelson goes into this a lot. He says, first of all, what's why only these five? These five correspond to the letter He. And Rabbi Nachman talks about this concept. Not just Rabbi Nachman, but it's also in swarm. Svarim. It's what's called the he Hadat. That the hay is what gives a person that, and once a person has that, he can give birth. So Rabbeinu says, Avram, Aino Molid, Avraham Molid, Avraham with hay, he was able to give birth. Sarai wasn't able to give birth. Sarah with hay, so what's this hay? Okay, you know, the chazal, they say they take it from uh, the Ya'aw, I don't know, no, that's someone else. The hay is taken from Yudke Bavke, okay, whatever. It's another thing with the Eravon of Yaakov, that's something else. Sorry, I'm mixing something else. This hay. It, he's, it comes from what's called Hey Hadat. that there's five things that separate our Daat from Hashem's Daat. Five things. Rabbeinu goes into this in Lesson 53. It's out of our context. I, I mean, if I had the Holy run in front of me, I would be able to take a look, but I don't have the Holy Kutimah here. It's in Lesson 53 at the end, that, that Hashem can know many things in one knowledge. As opposed to us, we have to know everything is a, spe- is a, is a specific item, and that's, it's very hard to understand these are it's taken from a previous farm to explain them but in short there's what's called five and that five is that and when there's that a person can give birth So based on this Ragnosan says these five grains is what give a person that like said also the chachamin. that when does a child begin to no. use his brain when he starts eating grain right also like for example the a child his his uh, exc- excrement is considered, bad, once he starts eating wheat, flour, you know, that, those type of things, then it's considered, you can't say a bracha in of it, then it's considered to be a problem. Because that's when a person begins to have da'at is when he eats the five grains, okay? So now, what's the connection with five grains and da'at? So he says, Rav Nosen, it's the fermentation. What's fermentation? Shehiyah. Shehiyah means to wait. He says, Rav Nosen, the greatest accomplishment of knowledge is that you don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? We think that how do you become Atamichacham? How do you come closer to Hashem? How do you advance your knowledge? By absorbing another page of Gemara, another page of Chumash, another Torah, another this, another learning, another, another, another mitzvah, absorbing, absorbing. When you're in absorption mode, you think that this is how you're going to come close because you're just absorbing, absorbing. The secret of that, Rabbi Nachman goes into this very deep, is Dafka when you're pushed back and you have to wait in life. When there's waiting periods, that waiting period is like Chametz that ferments you. And the fermentation creates that because when you are in fermentation, Rabbi Nachman goes into this, and in, in this lesson, Rabbi is going to go into this, you allow your mind to settle what it's absorbed until now. Because, for example, when you're always learning and learning and you don't have time to think about what you what you absorbed because you're always trying to learn, you have a Alaka." so you're always in absorbing and you reflect a little bit, bonen, but not so much because you need your time to learn more. But they want from heaven that you should organize. It's called, You have to organize, structure, and settle your mind in order to be a proper keili, to receive the true data, which is what? What's the true data HaShem? Or in Sof. Or Ein Sof is above your your capacity. Even if you are to learn a million years, you won't be able to perceive the Or Ein Sof. And yet, the goal of Am Yisrael, the goal of every Jew, is yes to connect to Hashem's Or Ein Sof. Okay? Or, we went into this many times before, or light is gematria, exactly Ein Sof. <laughs> Meaning what? But like the light you have in your life, the chayit you have to keep you going and your davening and your mitzvot and your shabbos and your emuna, this is coming from the Ein Sof. So a Jew has no choice. A Jew, if he wants to sit back and not advance, he's going to crush. What's the thing? Is you have to advance. And once you advance, they push you back. You still want to advance, but they're pushing you back. And you have no choice. You have to wait. So he says, Rabbeinu, that this is what builds a person more than anything else. We went into this, if you remember, that's the difference between Matzah and Pesach and the chametz of Shavuot, the the Korban Shavuot. Shavuot is Matan Torah. It's higher than Pesach. Pesach was Yetzed Mitzrayim. We were in minus 49, and we got out of plus 49. The light of Pesach is plus 49. Where's plus 50, the 50th gate, after the 49 days of Svirta Homer? Shavuot, Kabbalat Torah. That's when the Korban in the Beit HaMikdash was chametz. Two breads of chametz. What's chametz connected to Shavuot? That's the goal. That's the shpits. That's the accomplishment. That a person, he was in life, pushed back, and he accepted it properly. How do you accept it properly? Rabbi Wilson says that while you're pushed back, you still yearn, yearn for Kedusha. You want to advance. Hashem, I want to come back. What did, what did Chazal say? Remember the famous uh, Amora or Tana? He said like this, Rebono shel Olam. Ritsoni la sotuncha ella hasseo sheba isa. Remember this famous chazal? Haseoshba isa me'akevitoti. Hashem, I want to do your will, but it's the leavening agent. The what's called the se organ? So it's what's the word for so in English? When you buy, you buy cubes of what's it called, they're yeast. The yeast, the, the yeast which is chamitz, it causes the leavening. And the dough is preventing me. Look at look at this. Look at the amor. What he said. <laughs> I want to do your will. Who's keeping me back? The chametz. What, what, what is what is that statement of this of this tana of this amorah? Is that you're in a stage? Hashem, I want to do your will, but I can't. All I have is my ratzon. I want to do your will, but the chametz is keeping me back. So is that is that a negative? or Is that a positive? It's a positive. Because Rav Nossin teaches, Rabbi Nachman teaches, when does a person's ratzon come out? When does it come out? When he's pushed back. When you have obstacles, that's when the ratzon comes in. If you think you're going to have ratzon to come close to Hashem when everything's going smooth, forget it. The way to get a person to have a cheshek is they have to put obstacles. There's a very powerful lesson in the Timoran, Lesson 66. There's what's called the cheshek, the choshek, and the nechshak, there's the cheshek, the yearning, the, the sorry, the, nech, the the yearning of the person. Oh, one once again, the person who yearns, the item that you have to yearn for, and the actual yearning. Okay, so he says Rabbeinu there in lesson sixty six. If now the item you yearn for is very high, and your cheshek is not strong enough matching it, you're over here. So they need to push you up until the cheshek, your your cheshek reach of the choshek. Reaches the Nechshak. So what do they do? They send a person obstacles. For example, they, in Shammayim, they see that this person's davening shacharit is very powerful. But he doesn't value it. The person doesn't know how great heaven appreciates his shacharit. So to get the person to begin to appreciate the shacharit, they send him tons of minias to get up in the morning to daven of a minyan. And he thinks, they don't want me. They don't want me. They want my davening. But the real truth, Rabin was explaining Lesson 66, is they want you to yearn more for what you're doing because you don't appreciate how powerful what you have is. So the way to do it is they keep it away from you. They restrain it. They take away. They make me backwards. This all of a sudden builds the cheshek. Okay? Cheshek, Ratzon, is what brings a person to the highest levels of Kedusha. What do we say in the Davening we say uh, right Bar before Modin. Tamid Tamid The whole goal of Avodati mm-hmm. is that it should be transformed into Ratzon. You hear what you're saying? Right before modin We're saying after we said all the middle middle brachots and requests, we're saying Hashem. And it should be transformed into Ratsan. Always does the, the service of Hashem. The goal of everything you're doing is to turn it into desire. Because that is what brings you to the highest levels, which is what the oyants of. So it also adds a dimension when from shamayim they push you back, which is like Hametz, it's leavening, They make you stay stay, stay sit. You can't advance. You're now stuck. Shehiyah. It's like fermentation. You're being fermented. They're fermenting you. I want to advance. No, no, no. Stay here. But I want to come closer to you. No, this is the secret. Stay here. And then your ratzon starts coming out. coming out. And the ratson, Rav Nosin says, is what brings you to connect to the highest levels. So based on this, Rav Nosin says, this is the lashon of Chala. Chala, Rav Nosin says, comes from minashon tochelet memushacha. That you want to right? Atanu lechalot panecha from the davening of the amim nora'im. Atanu lechalot. We're coming to lechalot. We're coming to yearn to come closer to you, lechalot panecha, to yearn for your countenance, for your face, Hashem, and also to Memushacha, me that, uh, that you know we've gone for, in the klalot, the parsha bechukotai, Rashi brings last lashon to chelat me that you're waiting for something, that like, kid and you're waiting for it to happen, you're waiting and waiting and waiting, so now lashon is me memushatah, drawn out, yearning. So says has chet it's the same root. Now, according to Torah, ain't there's no amount. There's no amount. Why? Because when it comes to the ratzon of a yid, there's no end to it. In other words, the thing that you can't measure by a yid is his ratzon desire to come to Hashem. That, you can't now measure it. A person, how much he knows, you can measure. How many mitzvahs he does, you can measure. But his ratzon, when a person's broken, that he's, he's broken and he's so far from Hashem, and his ratzon starts bursting out with tears and crying, Hashem, I just want to be a good Jew, that's all I want. And he starts crying about it, okay? This ratzon ain't no shir. So now, the obligation in the parsha is as you have to take this, Truma, off of chala, of the bread, and it's called challah. Challah meaning when it comes to my da'at, my perception of Hashem, and the five grains which cause that He says, we have nothing explains with sources from the Zohar. You, when you eat, what gets nourishment? What in the body is getting nourished when you eat? When you eat bread especially? The brain. The brain gives nourishment to your body. Ha-chokhmah, your brain, your knowledge is what gives you nourishment. A person can be eating the healthiest food, but if his brain is not receiving the nourishment, the body can pull. okay. You got people who eat good food, but they're depressed and they're sad. That means the brain is not 100 percent and the food is not doing the job. That's why Banachman says simcha is the greatest key for the brain to be in proper functioning. When it is, when you eat whatever you're eating, gives the nourishment to the brain. And the brain gives chayu to the whole body. You're being nourished. We said, hey, the five grains correspond to hey, hadat. That is the letter hey, okay? So your nourishment gives, your, your food nourishes the brain, the brain nourishes you, okay? So when we eat the main nourishment of human beings, which is the five grains, because that's the main the main thing that gives a person sustenance is bread. Nakhon, they have all people with all these funny diets today. They're vegetarians. They eat only keto and everything. But you do, from time to time, need to eat carbs. The reason why people are doing diets is they are already too much carbs stored in for the past 20, 30 years. So what do you want? They have carbs already. Don't say, ah, but how's he going to live? He has an extra 50 kilos of carbs in his system that he can use. It's not a problem, okay? But uh, we're talking about a normal person who has nothing to eat, you know, he's skinny and everything. He needs to eat bread, Okay. What nourishes from the brain, the from the bread, the brain, and the brain nourishes the body. So when you're eating the five grains, there's an obligation, a mitzvah to take off a truma called chala. And this khala is the idea of the rat's. In other words, this bread is going to be fermented. And this is fermented, it ferments your brain also. When you eat the fermentation, fermented bread, what the bread does, it also allows your daat in order to become true d'aat, it has to be fermented, which means a sheya. In other words, the food you're eating causes you in your life also to have a ikuvin. The Chacham could have said, you know, I'm not going to eat seor, no isa, nothing. But you need seor sheba isa. And he says, I want to do your will. That's what they want from Shemayim sometimes. What they want from you is just your Ratson. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. When you get pushed back, you can't do anything. All you can do is to yearn for Hashem. Okay? There was a breast liver, Reverend Yochai Rosen. He passed away in the year 1984, and he was very sick his last four or five years. He was in bed the whole day. He wasn't functioning at all. He had typhus when he was a kid. So when he got old, it came back to him, and he was in bed. And he said, What can I do now to serve Hashem if I didn't have the advice of Hitbodedud? Because what is Hitbodedud basically? What is Hitbodedud? In Hitbodedud, you're expressing your ratzon, your point, the goal of Hitbodedud is to open up your heart. That's the idea of Ratzonot, okay? So going back, when you're taking the challah off of the challah, of the, of the bread, of the dough, it's basically you're giving to Hashem your Ratzon. So that's why right Rite, Avnelson says, according to the Torah, there's no amount of challah. Chachamim added for Bal Bight, 24 out of 43. And also, why 43, by the way? There's a nice Khidu here, just on the side. we will going into this a little bit. The sheer for is what? 43 beitsi. Because that was the measurement of the omer that they had in the desert. They got the omer from the mana. The sheer, the amount that the Fafami measured was 43 eggs. That's a lot. 43 eggs is about almost a thousand grams, you know, of, 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 of wheat and water together. The wheat, sorry, the flour. The flour before you add the water. So that's, that's a kilo, you know. That's a, till today. Over a kilo, you know. When, when you when you're mafresh uh, chala, if it's around around over a kilo, right? Under that, you don't take off chalot. Okay. What's this measurement of forty three? Forty three is gematria. Will, the one fifth we we'll leave on the side because it's only one fifth. But the forty three is gam, 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 mem gimu, is also the word gam. Also. So gnachman in another lesson. Lesson 2, part 2, says there's a creepa called Gam, And this klipah is hinted to in the pasuk regarding the famous story with Shlomo Melech, if you remember, that two women, two prostitutes, two zonot came to Shlomo Melech, Jewish women, and they both had babies and one died. And the one that was alive, the baby was alive, both women were claiming that was the child. What actually happened is that one mother, she sat by accident on her baby and killed her baby. So what did she do? They were sleeping, they were dorming in a room together. They were renting an apartment together, these two mothers, these two zonot. So the one who lost her baby, what did she do? She switched, she put her dead baby in the in the, the bed of the other woman and she took her live baby. When she woke up, she saw her dead baby, she looked at her and said, this is not my baby. She said, of course it is, it's yours. So they're fighting over who is the true baby. So they brought it in front of Shlomo Melech. He heard the argument. He said, okay, this lady says the live baby is hers and the dead baby is the other one. And this lady says also the opposite, that the live baby is hers and the dead one is hers. They both say that the live baby is theirs. So he said to his advisors, bring me a sword, please. They brought him a sword. He said, I have an idea. I'll cut the live baby in half and each one will get half of the baby. So the real mother, what did she say? She says, no, 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 don't kill my baby. You let her keep the baby, just don't kill my baby, let her keep it. And then one says, why not? You know, we should, I, I, gam both I shouldn't have and you shouldn't have. Gizo, start cutting. So Shlomo Melech said, ah, that she has the Rahmanut, the true compassion, and she doesn't. That's a sign that she's the real mother. Okay. So she used the wording, the the, the, the wicked lady, the one who was wrong and was lying. She said, gamli big She said, I shouldn't have and you shouldn't have. So he says Rabin Ahmad, two, towards the at the very end. Okay. He says there's a kripa that doesn't like birth, doesn't want Jewish people to be in the world. And it's called the Klipa of Gum. That's why she said, I shouldn't have, you shouldn't have gum. I also, the word gum literally is I also shouldn't have. You also kill the child. So he says, he brings out a from this, that there's a creep, an evil force called gam that doesn't allow for childbirth to take place. That's why she used the word gam. And he says there, just to go on, the tikkun is to say, when a woman is having difficulty in childbirth and is a danger, when losing the child, he says it's a segula to say, le toda Why? In mizmo le'toda, it says exactly 43 words. 43 words, right? 43 words in that in that psalm. And he says the 43 words counters the clip of Gam who wants to kill the child. So now in our context, okay, we said Avram Eno Molid, Avraham Molid, Sarai eno molida, Sarah Molid. Avram is able to give birth, not Avram, with the hay, he's able to give birth, and the hay is coming from. The which comes from the five types of grains. Okay, fine. So now he says, Molid, who, he says, when you have that, you're able to give birth. So in our context, the Kripa of Gam is the exact opposite of the dat. <laughs> you got it? Because he said, Abraham gives birth and the Kripa of Gam doesn't want to give birth. For this reason, the shear of Chala is on bread, which is, 43 eggs amazing okay got the connection it's gum and gum fine okay what else did i want to show you guys what's this idea that chachamim came and gave a shear why did the chachamim add 24 out of 43 eggs for a for a homemaker someone a, a woman or a man who makes bread at home, at home and for a baker 48 why why the shear the torah says ain't shield just take whatever in other words, it's showing that your Ratzon is endless. It's endless. Why did the Chachamim come in that? Because the Chachamim saw that people will lose the ability to have proper Ratzon. Not everyone has proper Ratzon. The like, same thing, for example, the in- initial institution of Avodah Sheva Lev, Zot Tfilah. What was Tfilah? The Rambam brings this down. You remember this famous Rambam? Until Ansheik Nesat HaGdola, every Jew was davening according to their own words. Every Jew, there was a mitzvah, there's a mitzvah, one of the 613 mitzvot is the daven. There was no initialization of, of making a shmon So what did every Jew do on their own, in their own words, in their own language? They would do the personal shmon but in their format, they would do shevach hamakom, praising Hashem, bakashot, requests, and then hoda, giving thanks, right? When Anshei Knesset Agdola came along, the Holy Assembly came along, they saw the people stop davening, because people are going, when you're going through life, life is crazy. All crazy things happen in life. Life is not just like black and white. Like you're know, like when you're a child and you're reading in books, everything is clear. Life is upside down. So when they saw that people, because of the pressures of being in exile, stopped losing the ability to him so the britches fixed. Every Jew from the smallest to the greatest has to do the shmona esra. That's it. The Shacharit mincha, and like Rabbi Nachman says, so that doesn't mean that it comes to abolish, to take away the original format of davening, which was hitbo The original format of of davening was everyone's talking from their heart. Okay? Now, because of the galut, so chachamim, they made it that everyone minimum has to daven every day. But does that that, mean it takes away from the initial, original format of davening? No, it doesn't. You still have to do hitbo dedud. Okay? So too, mida oraita, Because really, the ratzon of a Jew is endless. Okay, There's no measurement of how much you take off challah. They saw the, the chachamim, that people were losing it. That's how it is in life. Not everybody's connected. People begin to lose it. So one twenty-four <coughs> for someone who's a homemaker. Why 1 of 24th of the 43 bait team of this like kilo, or whatever you're making of challah, of dough? Why you take off one twenty-fourth? Why is that the measurement? 24 is like the days of the hour. The, the, the hours of the day, there's 24 hours in a day. And a normal homemaker, a person who runs a house, a father and a mother, they're always running, running, running. Okay, I have to pick up the kids. Okay, I have to go shopping. Okay, I have to go to work. People get stuck in the cycle of the 24 hours. So to remind them that there's a Hashem in the world, so 124th is the sheer. Okay. Now that's for someone who that's enough. In other words, enough of a reminder is 124th to remember Hashem is guiding your life. A baker is even worse. A baker, someone who's already a baker, what's on his mind? To make money. Money, money, money. He's even worse. So you can't give him 124th. It's too much because his whole thing is money. So for him, it's one forty-eight. What's 48? Moach. <laughs> he doesn't have a brain. The guy who became a baker and is now working for his parnasa. okay? So money is an issue. Money, money, money. So for him, it's a smaller amount because you can't overload on him because he's stuck in the ta'ava. What to do? First, bring him out of the ta'a, the desire for money, which is 148, give him a brain, let him be a man, and then he can do 124 If he's about okay, understand? But this is the shirim that Chazal gave, okay? All this is just something on the parashah. They're going to go into this to show you how it's connected to the, the lesson. It was a bit complicated, a lot of details, but it was pretty clear. Yeah, it was okay? Fine. Let's now continue with this lesson. Let's try to finish this paragraph. We're stuck on this paragraph, believe it or not for about six months, <laughs> six months on the Sif Vav. So it's Torah kavdalit, it's Sif Vav, okay? Everything's connected, everything's connected. Even what we spoke about now, it's gonna be connected to what we're hopefully going to now. In this Sif, you're gonna see that Rabbeinu, Rabbein works very hard to connect emuna to every part of the lesson. Every part of the Torah that he spoke about until now, until this point, He's working very hard to, go, to bring psukim to show the connection. Why? Because emunah is the main key to reach the next part of the lesson. This lesson has three parts. The beginning part, which we focused on for almost over a year, is on simcha. mitzvah mitzvot simcha, And that's the key for getting a person out. He's stuck. A person stuck in his galut. The way to get him out, ki simcha tzeu. You have to get out by being besimcha. Your goal in doing mitzvah is to do the besimcha. That's your goal. When you're doing a mitzvah, it's not just the dry format of serving Hashem. No, I'm doing the rutzon Hashem. I'm happy that I have this chut to serve Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. I'm so appreciative. I appreciate I have tzitzit. Oh, and I have my pears And my kippah. Man. I'm, I'm appreciative of all the tiny things. I keep shabbat. I do Yom Kippur. I get tzatzah. I appreciate it and I'm happy about it. It's a schud. It's a schud. It's not like the dry, okay, I go to shul every day and the person has like the Tisha B'Av face and every day he's like, eh. what is this? Come on. that's the You're going to be stuck and the person's sad and depressed and nothing's moving in life. No wonder, what do you want? What's the key? He says, simcha. He says clearly, what lifts a person out of the klipot is simcha. You want a segula? No problem. He says k'torat, saying k'torat is a segula for simcha. That's why you start davening with k'torat. Then the k'torat is the beginning of the korbanot. K'torat, he says, is misamachlev. Uk'torat samachlev. It's a pasu. K'torat brings simcha. That's why it's very important not to skip the k'torat. The people who are depressed by the way they they the davening, you know, they started they started hodu. They don't study what is this? You skip the whole, the whole thing is to get the get the simcha and the, and the davening. What gives you better chances of being happy? Not to skip the k'torat. And if you're saying Torah already, you have the Korbanot. Ideally, a Jew shouldn't skip anything. What is this? You know, Rabbi Nachman once rebuked his brother, Rabbi Yechil. He was talking about davening, and he said to him, I don't have time to say Ezehu Before Hodu, right, there's Ezehu Mechoman of the Mishnayas. Right before the bright of the Rabbi Ishmael, you have the Mishnaid, Ezehu Mechoman. So Rabbi Nachman said to him, How could an enical of the Baal Shem Tov, and a, 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 a grandson of the Baal Shem Tov skip Ezehu Mechoman? ideally, you should not skip any part of the davening. What is this? People, they decide on their own to skip davening. The reason why people decide on their own to skip davening is because they're depressed, they're sad, they come late, they come late, and they don't have the koach. And the, I see people they come to davening like right before yishtabach. I don't know how they do it. And they and they finish it for everybody else. Why, how did you do that? How did you start so fast? You know, people are sad. It's, I, I, davening in the morning is a hard, it's a killer. It's probably one of the hardest things of the day shacharit, believe it or not. It's, that's what's called shacharit. Shahar black. Ugh, ugh. It's like depressing, heavy. You wake up and you're tired and you're still tired and you wait, you went to bed late, you have your tara. you didn't go to sleep at all, this and that. It's such a killer, davening. But it required the way, the way to go get to get through it is simcha. If a person's healthy and he's able, then go where do you where do you invest your energy in simcha? So the whole first part of this Torah was how powerful is simcha, what simcha will do to you. Simcha gives you momentum to advance. Simcha is what pulls you out of the shmutz, out of the kripot, brings you now to, to, to be ready to perceive the infinite light. That's the goal. The goal of life is what? If the Zohar says, begin the yishter in order to, and Hashem created the world so that He should be made known. He wants you to connect Him. Hashem wants you to know of him, okay? The goal is to know that Hashem is God. To know is, yeah, I know once in a blue moon. To know is 24 hours, 24-7, to be aware of Hashem in your life, okay? So now what's the prerequisite for that? That's the Simcha. The Simcha now leads to this stage. This stage now is you're going up and up and up and up and up. Now for the next level, you have to now bring something from a higher level down to you. And that's called emuna. That's the prerequisite for this for the next part of the lesson. The next part of the lesson, which is paragraph seven to the end of the Torah, is now being able to the process to receiving the line of the keter. when we spoke about the bounce the Hamads and everything. That's the that's the final stage what can I do to make sure that I'm on the right track is that always, always emuna is above me and emuna is always a part of my life, okay? It's always in everything. Meaning, especially when I'm learning Torah, that, we we'll go to that today. When you are concerned about developing your sechel, what's first and foremost is I'm learning in order to enhance my emuna. There's a big Hiddush. I'm not learning now Just to be like a Gadol Ador and a Gaon and a person who's a thinker. I'm learning Torah in order to know how much I don't know of Hashem. Because the more you know, when you're learning Torah properly, the more you know, the more you see how much you don't know. Megale tefach, mechaset tefachay. Whenever you reveal one tefach, you just, you just cover two more. <laughs> you go one step forward and two steps back. It's unbelievable, fashion. With emuna, the more you open up your awareness. For example, when you begin, if you want to open up a subya, okay, I'm just, I'm just picking something randomly. You go into the idea of the slav. I just threw this right out because I, I, my neighbor, he bought the slav. Have you ever seen a slav before? It's unbelievable. I've never seen a slav. Quail. up a type of a kosher bird. We don't eat it. I don't know why it comes from Egypt. It's like a little brown, but it's chubby. That's what the Jews ate in the desert. And they're complaining in the parsha, and uh, they're any. They're complaining about that there's no meat. So Hashem sent Slavim. If now you open up the world of this sugya, why did Hashem choose Slavim? What's this word Slav? Shin, lamidvav, which is connected to shaliv when it has gematria and Kabbalah, something else. And then they die. Dafku to this. If you start now going into all the post game, all the Midrashim, all the Zohar, all the Gemaras, and it doesn't end, okay? So you begin to go into an Inyan and you begin to see, like, you opened up a world, which is you just began to touch it. Like, it doesn't end. Any Sugya in the Torah is like endless. It's like one detail, another detail. Every time you open up a new detail, like, open up a new room, like, it has another hundred doors behind it. <laughs> what, what did I do? So why should I learn? You learn. To enhance how much you don't know—that's the goal. He says, it's, it's, "Again, it's that one statement: The goal of that is to know how much you don't know. So, what happens then when you realize how much you don't know? You have no choice but to strengthen your emuna. you automatically emuna is enhanced. You you do believe in Hashem. That's why you and you want you want the Da'at of Hashem. You're in that direction, and he opens up a world to you that know, you just you just touch the. Like the chazal said, like uh like a hair coming out of milk. You remember like a, a dog licking the yam? You remember the expressions Khazal gave? One amora said about his Rabbi, I didn't even touch his dot, like a dog licking an ocean, which is like nothing. A dog, melakle <laughs> yam. Or another example of a hair being pulled out of a cup of milk. There's a whole thing in milk, and what's a hair? It's nothing. So too they said. I didn't even begin to touch how much he knows. I only touched a little bit. That's how it is in Judaism and Yiddishkeit. When you're learning the Torah the right way, you're always of the attitude, of, "I know nothing." Never guy; he's finished Shas poskim, and then how does he think of himself? Think. What are you talking to me? In his mind, he knows so little and people are laughing. You know, I'll I knew what you know, but what, so why is it that he sees himself as knowing nothing? Because he's learning Torah the right way. He's learning Torah that it opens up that I see how much I don't know. I see how much I don't know. That's what person puts emuna in his dot and always that's forefront. The goal of my learning is to enhance my emunah. the goal of knowing is to not know. that's the goal which means, which, which means what? It means enhance the. Emunah. okay, fine. So Rabbeinu, in this paragraph starts bringing many psukim to and he does he does it so much. Because he wants to reiterate to you how it's so important to put emuna de sechel. So again, let's just go over this quickly and then let's finally, finally finish this paragraph. Okay, you have to draw emuna faith into the blessing of the intellect. Don't think intellect is the goal. It's not. There's something higher than it, and that's what emuna. Ki'en Hear that? You shouldn't rely on the sechel in itself. Kayadu, as is known, this idea. How dangerous it is for a person to have just sechel and just run after the intellect and forget about it. In lesson 31, and it's connected to Parshad Korach, by the way, a lot. We'll go into it hopefully next week. Is that you have what's called a lamdan and tzaddik. A Jew has to be what's called tzaddik, the lamdan. But not lamdan and tzaddik. You hear that? You have to be first work on being a tzaddik, and by the way, lamdan, it's why she about tzell. If now the main thing, main thing is lamdanus, lamdanus, and then by the way, tell Rashi Tevot, let's a clown, he's a clown, let's okay. And he says there in lesson thirty one, someone who says the main thing is learning lamdan, ain't no clue. He says the last one in on lesson, lesson thirty one, it's nothing. If you think the main thing is learning Torah and that's it, and it's just the intellect of the Torah, you miss the point. You miss the point. Okay, it's tzaddik lamdan. I want to become a tzaddik. I want to change. I want to become a better person. If I'm close to Hashem. That's how you tzidkut. Okay? So it's tzaddik and then there's lamdan. And not the reverse lamdan and then by the way, tzaddik. Okay? So, in this mocha a So now the first pasuk again. In this pasuk, a man of faith, abundant in blessings, Rabbeinu, this verse connected idea of the brachas that come about. When a person does the mitzot besimcha, she activates the brachot. Okay? So now even when you have the brachot coming down, don't forget your emunah. Because when you have brachot coming down, you can get sidetracked. So much bracha coming down, so much bracha coming down. Remember, you have to be emunah, not to get sidetracked. Because what can happen when so much b- bounty is coming down to you, you can forget Hashem, which happens by many people. They forget about Hashem. So I'm When does Rav Brachot? Don't forget, you have to put Emunah in the Bracha. And then the second pasuk, the hands of Sher Beinu helping the Jews fight Amalek and the Yadaim, he says, correspond to the channels of the chokhmah That's what the Yadaim are. It's also chokhmah and the hands and the Brachot. His hands of Moshe Rabbeinu, that even when he's transmitting, what, what, why was Moshe Rabbeinu's hands needed? He was davening to the Jews, for the Jews. So why was that necessary? That was necessary to show Am Yisrael what to do. Like the famous Gemara, Mishnah and that war of Amalek, was it Moshe Rabbeinu's hands that let the Jews win the war or lose the war? No. But when they see the, the, the fame that I don't, you guys know the Mishnah by heart. You, you guys were kids, probably remember. Remember the of the Mishnah, and the Jews would look up to heaven and they would start davening. So Moshe Ben was educating the Jews. of he had what the targum is? The targum is pisan bitzlo. His hands were spread out in prayer. And Muna is davening here. So he had Then even though there's hands, which is chokma, we do smicha. We do smicha of so the hands. The hands correspond to smicha. Even when there's da'at, when there's yadayim, there's emuna. The hands are the transmission of the, of the da'at. There's still emuna. It's emuna there, which is davening in this case. Ubechinat. this is a very funny pasuk, and there's always insights coming up in this pasuk. Vekama King Shaul King says to David the Melech at the end of his pursuit, trying to kill David the Melech. And when, when we went into this many times, David Hamelech secretly snuck into the cave that Shaul Amelech was sleeping with his soldiers. When they were hunting down David Amelech, he was able to sneak in and cut off the knuff, the corner of the begging with the tzitzit, we said, of Shaul HaMelech. And Shaul Amelech was forewarned by Shmuel HaNavi that the one who's going to take the melucha from you because you didn't kill all of Amalek, you didn't listen to the command of Hashem to kill everyone, you left Agag, the king of Amalek, alive. You left the big cows of Amalek alive, and they were really women, shape-changers, who that night slept with Agag, and from them eventually came after five, six generations, or even more, Haman, Haman came from Agag, ha he came, and we're, who did Agag have, have relations with? These cows, they were shape-changers, they were kishet machas, they were, they were sorcerers, Amalekite female witches who changed their bodies back to be to women and had the relations and they, they escaped. They were able to escape by being bakar, whatever. So so there, he didn't listen. Shmuel Anabi nabi warned Shalamelech, the one who cuts off your baguette, the corner of your tzitzit, he's the one who's going to take the melucha. So as soon as that happened, and Dabu Zemelech was on the other side of the mountain where the cave was and he was waving to Shalamelech. He woke him up and he says, look, I could have killed you. I cut off the corner of your bag. I take a look. He saw that it was his corner was missing, and David Mech was holding it. So he said, "Is that you? Your voice, I hear." He heard the voice of his meducha. and then he says, "I see now." The kama beadecha mamlechet The kama it will stand. That's kama is with the feet. When you say kama lakum, it's with the legs. That's what he said earlier. That when you do a mitzvah with simcha, it goes up the body. The the when you start doing a mitzvah with simcha. You lift up the mitzvah and the shchina and the simcha from the klipot and you elevate it to the level of the legs. And then when it's the level of the legs, your mitzvah has what's called momentum. It starts moving. It starts walking. There's halicha. And then once there's momentum, you get all the worlds to connect to Hashem. And when that happens, you activate the hands, which is bracha. Okay, we said that earlier in the beginning of that's part of the beginning of the lesson. Kama. Standing is You lifted up the legs. He's saying, you're so successful in being a happy person, even though you're being pursued and everybody puts you down, and people are doing making fun of your youth they say you're not you're their you're not an official Jew because they were their Doresh, Mo'avi, and Moavit, right? You remember the whole thing? that uh, David the Melech, his lineage was problematic because as the middle of the of the machroket between the, the Chachamim is a Moavite, female Moabite allowed, allowed to convert. Because it says in the Torah, um, a Mo'avi, a male Moavite can never convert. Right? Mo, and so they say Moavite Moavite. A male Moavite is allowed to convert, but a female Moabite is allowed to convert. Root was a female. So there was, when the first sons of, of Yishai were born, David was like the youngest son, who was the youngest sons. When the oldest sons were born, it was still understood that, yes, a woman, Moabite, is out to good word. So their lineage was kosher, because they came from Boaz, who was a fruit. That's the whole lineage of, of, of their Yichus, okay? But when now, right before David the was born, the Machoket went back again, and they said, now nah, also a Moabite is forbidden. And he was born at that time they so you say, your lineage is all problematic now. So he suffered from the time he was born. They say even in the Gemara, that the older brothers were trying to cause their mother to have a miscarriage. First, it wasn't their mother. He had a few wives, he shot, okay? So the, 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 the mother who was, who was pre- pregnant with, uh, with David, the older brothers were trying to cause their mother to have a miscarriage, he should die. So it shouldn't be a, a disgrace to their family name, but they have a brother now who's born with the problem now that he's a, from a Moavite, who's not allowed. It's, like, saying that it's not kosher now, right? So he was suffering from the time he was born, and he was supposed to be a nephel. You remember David, Adam Arishan foresaw, and he said, "I'll give 70 years of my life to David Melech." David Melech was always being pursued, and yet he was always besimcha. He was someone who was always besimcha. He said, "Everyone's running after me, and I need and I'm davening. I'm always davening." If David Melech was someone sad and depressed, he would never become David Melech. The secret to David Melech is that he davened a lot. The davening gave him chizuk, encouragement. The encouragement gave him simcha. And that's how he was able to fight the battles. So here, Shalom is saying to him, I be'adecha mamlechet Yisrael. I see that's going to be the legs go up to the hands. V'kama, and it's standing. You've now elevated the koach of the legs, the mitzvah that you that you take out of the kripot by being the simcha. You elevate it from the kripot, It goes up to the legs. The legs go up to the hands. be'adecha. Mamlechet Yisrael. What, what has gone up? Mamlechet Yisrael is malchut. Malchut. He's going to come up and to say is emuna. Mamlechet Yisrael is the idea of emuna. Yisrael is inyan of emuna. Malchut in the Kabbalah is the idea of emuna. So Mamlechet Yisrael. Okay. And he says, Rabbeinu says, "Ha'inu." In other words, shamsich emuna letoch b'katayadim. That's all three psukim together in one in one statement. That you should draw emuna into the blessings of the hands. Hands was by Moshe, Racha was by Isha Munot V'abrachot, and Emunah is calling it Mamlechet Et Yisrael, Bekama That's the idea of Emunah. And then we said, the fourth pasuk, where he connects the idea of the Kohen, because the Kohen, B'kat Kohanim is of the hands, right? B'kat Kohanim is of the hands, and he brought that pasuk earlier, that B'kat Kohanim, V'yisa Aaron et Yadav Aharon raises hands to bless, so now, where's Emunah there? This pasuk that Elkanah tells Eli, you forfeit, you lost now, that the lineage of the Kilko and Gadol should be from you, from Eli, who you come from, Itamar. It's going to go back to Elazar, and it'll take place once David HaMelech prepares the land for the Beit HaMikdash. And Beit HaMikdash is where it's fixed. Beit HaMikdash is where it's fixed, the... the 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 Yisrael, there's many things there in the idea. Beta HaMikdash, he brought it earlier, Mikdash Hashem Konenu I brought this pasuk. Beit HaMikdash is the idea of Da'at. So when the Da'at starts, officially, with the fixed building that did Beta HaMikdash, until now, there was only a Mishkan. There was Shiloh, there was in the desert, the Mishkan, Shiloh, and Eli, the whole story of Elkanah Eli, was still by Mishkan Shiloh, where it was a temporary place. Even the pasuk in the Torah says, that you, I will allow you to sacrifice on a bama so long as there's no mishkan. If there's a mishkan and Beit Hamikdash, forbidden bama. You have to go to the mishkan or Beit Hamikdash to offer the korban. If there's no, if there's no mishkan or Beit Hamikdash, then Bamut. But now, once the Beit Hamikdash was built, even if the Beit Hamikdash is destroyed, you know, you can't go back to do a bama. The bama, which was like a sacrifice anywhere in the field, if one, that was allowed only in between. Mishkan, Mishkan, Beit HaMikdash. Once Beit HaMikdash was built, no more Bamot. It's Asur, Isur Bamot it's called, right? It's called Isur Bamot. That was the whole thing with, with Elia Navi. How could he have done a Bama on Har Carmel and had the whole story with Elia Navi. They said it was, a, it was an exception. That was just an exception. There was a Mishkan. He showed, you know, there's, halakha, there's a lot to do. But because it was a dangerous time for Am Yisrael and the major Kiddush Hashem was needed to subdue the idolaters of Baal. So Eliyahu Nevi had to offer a Baal, okay? But going back, Beit HaMikdash is considered something which is concrete, solid, fixed. That's the idea of Mikdash and that corresponds to Da'at, we are going to see, okay? The Mikdash. So now he says that the alkana told, told the Eliyahu a you're going to eventually lose your right to be Kohen Gadol from you and your children. It'll go back to Elazar, it will start with Sadoka Cohen, who will be the first Kohen Gado in the actual Betamagdash that King Shlomo will build. So, Ubaniti Lo, he says, Elkanah says to Eliya Kohen, and I will, he's, he's quoting Hashem, he's, he's a prophet in the name of Hashem, Ubaniti Lo, Bait Neeman, I will build for him a faithful house. Bait is the idea of Bracha, that's why it begins letter bet, Bracha and Bait are connected, because a bayit is where you bring the bracha into. Birkat ha Birka, You hear this term? Birkat bayit the blessing of the house? Because a bayit, like the letter bet, has an opening, where inside the bracha comes. So the bracha that you activate, where the hands of the koanim, he says, has to have in it also a munah. Bayit neeman. What's the neemanut that Eliha ha-Kohen did not have? Because his sons, Khofni and Pinchas, were not faithful, they were stealing and treating very lowly the Jewish people, stealing extra portions from the korbanot, they're not supposed to, taking it before the time, taking extra pieces and doing what they want because they felt their kohen gadol and the scan of the kohen gadol, that's what Khovni and Pinchas were, their actual kohen gadol. Eliyakon was too old, he couldn't be, he was over 80, 90, he was shaking, his hands couldn't do the korbanot as a kohen gadol properly. So it was given over to the scan. and the second scan was the other son. So Khovni and Pinchas, right? I mean, it's not the same Pinchas as uh, obviously Pinchas Nazar, even though it's a holy name, but here it's derogatory. It's degrading. Chofni is explained as Chofen, that he was just taking what he wants. Pinchas, I don't know yet that much, but they say, the Arizal says they were the Gilgul of, uh, of uh, Nadav and Avihu, of and Vehever also, and they did it, and also uh, one sefer says that they were Nitzitzot of Bilam, the sons of Bilam. That's why they were just bad. They were bad in right? We went we to that once, right? Because they're called Bnei Belial, Belial, Bliol, and he says Gematcha Bilam. The pasuk says in, in Shmuel Aleph, chapter twenty-four, that the Chofni and Pinchas were Bnei Belial. They were they were acting without a yoke, doing what chutzpah, doing what they want. So the the commentary points out Belial's Gematcha Bilam. So he says, Nirali, it seems that they were sparks of Bilam Arasha, These two sons, Chofni and Pinchas. That's why they were deserving to be to die. And he said, Al the sign of my prophecy will be that if they die on the same day, you will know that that will be the sign that what I said is true. You're going to lose the Kweon Abdullah. Why are you punished, Ali Because he didn't rebuke enough the sons. He should have stopped them totally. He said he was, he was afraid of them. He said he was so old. He said, What are you doing? You're, not, you're acting wrongly. They didn't listen to him. The, 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 you know, shut up, old old man, they said to him. like That, that was the attitude to the father, Eliak Cohen. he was a tzaddik. And the sons were like, you know, we don't listen to you. Who are you to tell us what to do? He was supposed to stop, say, I'm not letting you do anything until you change, until you removed. He didn't do that, so he was also punished. He was also punished. Because the honor of Hashem should come before the honor of his sons. He was honoring his sons too much. Okay? So here again, Elkanah says, kohen will have what's called the Bait ne'eman. Why? Because he will be in the time. That's he, by neman means in the time of the bet hamikdash, as opposed to a mishkan Shiloh and everything. By it, it's fixed. The bet hamikdash is fixed, and we're going to need that coming up for the ketuva. Vze bechinat here. This pasuk now. This is where we left off last week. Emunatcha Bikal kedoshim. Here, kodesh. What is kodesh? ze bechinat mochin. In the Kabbalah, the intellect, the mochin, which is daat, is called kodesh. First of all, what is Rabbeinu trying to say on the pshat? That when you have kal Kedoshim, kahal the assembly of Kedoshim in plural, so they say Kedoshim is Chochma and Bina and Daat automatically. So when you have kal Kedoshim, you have to put in it emuna. So emuna your faith is in the kal Kedoshim, with this Pasuk Rabbeinu showing that as much as you are absorbing Daat and Daat and Chochma and Bina everything, You have to make sure you put emunah. That's what the pasuk is saying. kedoshim. Kodesh That as much as you advance, you have to put emunah in the kodesh. Kodesh. Why is chokmah called kodesh? Because the idea kedusha is it's the initial source of receiving. Kodesh kedusha is chokmah, and the, the way of chokmah is afterwards everything else in the world comes from Chochmah again the spirit, we'll open the, the map of the Sfirot. okay yeah, I'll put it like this you have to put it closer right like this can they see that yeah, they can't see that they can see that you can see that right so you see Keter is on top chokma is the one first to receive this is the better one here this is the, the way the way they receive in this map over here so you see this there. and then chokhma is right after the beginning yeah that's okay the beginning stage is chokma Kochma is called Kodesh because it's the first stage of the Ten Sirot to receive the energy down to the world. The energy down to the world is called Kodesh. Why is it called Kodesh? Because that's the goal. The goal of this world is is Kedusha, which means what? To sanctify the world. Which means what? What do you mean to sanctify the world? That Hashem is part of the world. It's not like you're running after the hamburgers and everything in the movies and the taibis and everything. That's not Kodesh. Kodesh is that this world is sanctified for Hashem. It's like Chas Hashan, the word the Torah uses, the word for a prostitute, Kedesha. Why is she called the Kedesha? What's going on? Because she's now for just for that. Just for that. So Kodesh means just for this. In the case of Kedusha, what does it mean, just for this? That Kodesh is this world is for Hashem. Shabbat Kodesh. Why is Shabbat called Kodesh? It's a day just for Hashem. It's Hashem's day. It's our day off. <laughs> We're on off. It's Hashem's day on a revealed level. Every day should be Kodesh, obviously, right? I mean, we say, we, we try to draw the Kedush of Shabbat, Hayom, Yom, Rishon, Kodesh, Shabbat Kodesh. You try to connect every day in the to Shabbat because to draw the Kedush of Shabbat every day. But Shabbat Kodesh means that this day belongs to Hashem. Kedusha is, it's Hashem's. So now, the idea of chokhmah, when you're learning chokhmah, that the mochin chokmah is called kodesh because your goal is to learn in order to perceive Hashem, and he says even when you are involved in kodesh, which is chokmah, you have to remember emuna. What does it mean? You have to remember emuna. That as much as you're learning, what we said earlier, you have to put in the You have to remember that you don't know as much as you know. Your goal of knowing is to realize that you don't know. Okay. I just want to read to you what the Shla Kadosh says. The Shla on this Pasuk says something unbelievable. Okay. I'm reading from the Shla Kadosh. Where is it? Here. Katav Shla. The Shla writes in Maschet Tamin, in his book Shla Kadosh, this Masachet Tamin, Ner Mitzvah 95, Sadiqe. <laughs> this whole capital in Taelin, this chapter in Taelin is chapter. 89, Petet. This Pasuk Emunatcha Bikal Kedoshim comes from chapter 89. We said this chapter is talking about, Asaf is writing it, believe it or not. Okay? It's talking about, sorry, Eitan. Maskil Eitan HaEzrachi. It's talking about the chasadim of Hashem. Just like the chasad Hashem is from generation to generation, so too David HaMelech's Melucha will be from generation to generation. And even though during the Galut, there's no Melucha of Beit David. I don't see David Amelach's Melucha now. When Mashiach comes, it's going to continue. So the Mizmor saying, the, the chapter saying, just as Hashem's Chesed is forever, it's from the beginning till the end, so too Hashem made it that David Amelach's Melucha is also from beginning to the end. Why is David HaMelech such a big deal? Why is he such a big deal in Judaism? Why is he the goal? You know, we started with Moshe Rabbeinu and the goal is to get the Mashiach, the Melucha Mashiach ben David. The goal is to get the Mashiach ben David. Why is so much noise made about David HaMelech? Because he was the secret of joining the Simcha with the Emuna. okay? And that being the stepping stone for the Orin Sof, But he was the epitome of Simcha and Emuna. He was being pursued, right? And he wanted, there's the a that says, they tell me they're going to be kicked out. There's a, there's a, I forgot the name of the chapter, the number of the chapter, but he says, David is courting his enemies. They said, there's a capital like that, if you remember, there's a pasuk. My enemies tell me, ah, he's forsaken. He's going to be kicked out of the land of Holy Land and he's going to be exiled from having the inheritance. So, so the, the commentary say there, from learning Torah. His whole worry is that he's going to be out of the door. What did he say? shifti I only want Hashem. I have one request. I want to sit in the house of Hashem, Bibet Hashem. That's this bite. Hashem. He's the one who teaches us the secret to join Sincha to Emuna, which is David. That's why he's, he wrote Sefer Teilim. He's going to put it together. The will There's nine Sadiqim who helped David and Melech write Sefer Teilim, but it's under his name. It's called Sefer Teirim Av David, because he composed it. He wrote it down. He took from the other nine. find Tfilah leMoshe Moshe Rabenu, Etan Asaf. Okay. You have the you have the, the various people who are in Sefer Teirim who wrote other psalms. Okay. Fine. But he's the one who teaches Am Yisrael Davin. Even the Shacharit we Davin. Psukim deZimra. The majority comes from Teirim. Psukim of Teirim are in our life daily. A lot. A lot. Not just a little. A lot. Okay. So what is that coming to show us? And he's the one to show us the key to come to the goal. Emunah, through Simcha, is reflected in Davini. So that's this whole chapter 89. Shlach HaKadosh is like this, on this chapter. Okay? So the Pasuk begins, how does this Pasuk begin? This Pasuk is, I'm going to read the Pasuk so you, you understand the context. Maski le'etana ezerachih, So this is like a a type of song called Maskil from Eitan, who's called Ha-Ezrahi. The kindness of Hashem, I will always sing before you from generation to generation, I will make known, make known your faith Hashem in you with my mouth, I will articulate it. I said, the world will be built with kindness, and the heavens, you've established your faith in them because we, from the heavens, we have faith in you, Hashem. Karati, and then Hashem says, Karati vrit li Hashem says, I made an oath, a pact to my chosen one. I swore nishbati le David. I swore to my servant David forever I will establish your children, your offspring, Hashem says to David, Abba David Ubaniti ledor kis achasela." and I will build from generation to generation, your chair as being the king forever. And here's the pasuk we want to get to. Ve-yodu. it's pasuk number six in chapter 89, tailing Ve'yodu shamayim pil'acha Hashem, the heavens, Yodu will admit, will confess, will admit to your wonders. Look at this word, pil'acha. we're going to go into this Hashem, af emunatcha, our words now, and even, the word af means on pshat, even, emunatcha, to the extent that even your faith is in the doshin In other words, the heavens will confess, admit to your wonders, and 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 even the, your faith is in the Holy Assembly. So watch what the Shlachadosh says. The Shlach says like this, the heavens will confess, admit to your wonders, Hashem. So he says like this, if it's in so amazing with our lesson, in Kabbalah, the Keter, the level of Keter, which is the highest sphere. We didn't really go into that much about it. We've spoken about it outside, but the Keter, this light of the Keter, is called Pele. Pele means wondrous. Pele is bamuflami mecha, something which is beyond you. The keter is beyond, beyond, beyond comprehension. The keter we're going to see coming up in paragraph 7, 8, 9, is what separates us from the infinite light. Because it separates us from the infinite light, we have no grasp at all of the keter. When a Jew, I'll just run the idea of the lesson here. When a Jew is being the sincha in life and things are going amazing, and then he reaches level where he pads in emuna. He's advancing, and he's on track because he's making sure there's a moon at every stage. The keter now is ready. He reaches down the keter. The keter is available to give him the infinite light. What does the keter do? It pushes a person back. Why? Why that on the simple level? Because the keter you can't grasp is called a pele. So because it's a pele, it pushes a person backwards because you can't grasp the the, 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 the keter. The person, he's on a roll. He's on a roll. The mind, the intellect, your Hashem is opening up the doors to you. You see, you understand things in life. You understand, you see the bonenut, you're learning things. You learn Hasidut Then your mind is opened up and you're advancing and advancing and advancing. And then you're about to reach what's called the level of the Keter and Bedafka, purposely, boom, they push you back because the Keter is called Pele. On a pshat level, the Keter doesn't allow for this to happen. Okay? Ha-Keter nika Pele, like it says, Amon Mufla, a wondrous worker. Okay? V'ken also, Pele is the Sod Aleph. Pele, Pe, Lamed Aleph is the same letters as Aleph. And Aleph in the Kabbalah is called is called the Keter. Aleph is called Keter. Bet is called the 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 the, the, and the Bina. So Aleph, Bina, okay? they go into that. Aleph is Alufo olam, Hashem. Hashem is called Alufo so what's hiding? What's Hashem's wall that's protecting him, Kib behind? It's called the Keter. That's why Aleph is also referred to as the Keter. Okay? This is a bit of Kabbalah, fine. V'zehu, V'yodu, Shamayim, Hashem. They will admit the heavens. What is Shamayim? The Shamayim will admit to your Keter. Pilach Hashem is translated as Hashem, your Keter. The Shamayim admits to. Yodu, what does that mean? Shamaim is called Tiferet in the Kabbalah. He says, look in the Zohar, page Kuf Ein He. B, that the, 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 the Zohar calls Shamaim Tiferet. Why? Tiferet means splendor. Tiferet is when there's many colors. So the Shamaim, the heavens, are always changing colors. There's clouds, it's black, it's green, it's blue, it's white. There's changing colors in the heavens. Sometimes the, uh, the orange fog now in New York <laughs> you have orange also. Okay, red. A red sky, the sun, you know, the sky with all the influences of the stars and the moon and the sun, they change the color of the heavens and the clouds also, right? So because of that, because there's many colors in the sky and it's always changing, it's always moving, that's Tiferet, okay? So Shamaim in the Kabbalah is called Tiferet. So now read this pasuk. The they will confess to admit to Tiferet, which is a lower sphere on the Kabbalah. Here's his Tiferet again the, the map. Oh, oh, open the map every time. Okay, so here's the map. See here, here's keter, and here all the way down, it's all the way down. The middle is tiferet. So the yodu shamayim, it will admit to, shamayim is tiferet, will admit to, meaning it recognizes pilacha, the keter, pilachash, and the keter. This is the shlatt's explaining it. The keter is being recognized by tiferet, meaning what? That you've zochet to bring down the light of the keter. Down to Tiferet. Okay, let's go on in the the Shlach Kadosh. Um, where is it? Okay. Okay. So that means it's going down, downward. Af emunatcha, and what's emunatcha? Is malchut. Even down to the emuna has come down the line of the ketar. Okay. Af emunatcha malchut. She shamsu beketar echad that they use. One Keter. The up appear and also being used by 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 Malchut and unbelievable Malchut and and Tiferet. He says it's du partzufim. The word in Hebrew for two faced. We say it's du partzufim. Du is what dalet and vav. So counting down. What's the fourth Sphera? It's Tiferet. Down from here. In other words, if you count down from that, I think it's one, two. How is it? One, two, three, four. How can it be five, six, seven? What's they do? Vav is vav is yisod. Normally, he's saying dalit and vav is these two. Do parts of him? They're both tiferet and malchut are using the keter. Two, two, two abilities using the keter. That's what he's saying. Fine, it's a bit deep. I can't go that much into it. The rotsel omar emuratcha beaf the emuna, which is malchut, uses af. Af means what? Anger. Af on the pshat is Af Emunatcha, even. But he's saying af. The shalman is reading it as af as anger. There's chema. So af she atab ki ita, Will come back to be with the kedushim. So even though af emunatcha, the malchud emuna which is trapped in the af, it's restored to the kedushim. When this this happen? When the shamayin pilacha. When the tiferet is able to connect to the keter. So that af emunatcha, the malchud which is af in anger, it's called malchud emuna. Is now Bikal kedoshim. Is now we connected to chokmah and bina the kedoshim. Okay, hem chokmah bina. That's the shalom. Crazy. He we, we wants to show that in this pasuk is everything in this lesson. All, all the thing in this lesson is hidden in this in this in this in this idea. So just going to say again that every part of this lesson, emuna is needed. I wanted to continue. We had so much. We'll continue next next week on the final line here. The final the final part because it's just too long already, okay? Oof. All right, get in there. It's the always uh, so I thought also. Let's say, okay. Okay. Bye.